Magging, magging the draw your eyebrows. Oh, he's oh, blue they eyebrow. are tricky. Yeah. I would love to see it though. How do you draw your one? My ones? Yeah. Like this. <laughs> With your fingers? Yep. Oh. <laughs> I like to finger paint. And you rub them Are we with recording? your arms. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry? No, 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 no. You rub them with your arms. Yep. <laughs> All right, okay, hold on, hold on, guys. Just pause, conversation. Clap! <laughs> <laughs> I can see him at the front there. <laughs> can I, I can see him from a long distance away. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Amy, ahoy. <laughs> ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy, everyone. Welcome to Soul Revival Digital. It is fantastic to have you along with us, and it's fantastic to have two excellent people along with me on the panel. Quinn, how are you? Good. How are you, John? I'm excellent. Amy, how are you? I'm also really good. Happy Thanks, birthday. Thank you. For... Thursday. Thursday. Yes. Yes. And how does 21 feel? <laughs> 21 feels amazing, Joel. <laughs> Thank you. Did you have a great birthday? Yeah, I did actually. What did Jibish, you do? Jibish took me out for lunch in Cronulla and then we went for a swim at the beach and nice I got job. to test out my new beach umbrella and beach chair. Oh, you oh. got one? Yeah. What pattern did you get? Yeah. Um, look, I ended up asking for a green umbrella, but my mum said that there was no green in stock, so I got well, it she all, didn't, she didn't all like blue. Green. All blue. blue. All blue. So you coordinated, coordinated the chair and the umbrella? Yeah, the, the chair is a different blue. Oh. But um, it's, look, we're just, we're all about bright colours <laughs> yeah, today right. and mixing up our bright colours. <laughs> Very so inclusive. Yep. yep. That's, well, now you need to get the matching beach wagon. In blue. Oh, as well. I've seen I've seen a lot of families with those beach yeah. wagons. Mm. I don't know You've if I'm one, ready to you? commit yet. Have yeah, I've got one? a wagon. Mm. They're pretty good. I can see how with kids they would be yeah. a game changer. I don't think I'm quite at the stage where I need a wagon. A lot yet, of things. A lot of things to bring. Yeah. 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 No, I just need to bring Jabish. <laughs> I'm, he doesn't I'm, need a wagon. You can put he might be a bit big for the wagon. <laughs> yeah. Not if you've got the right size wagon. I'm on the Jabish bandwagon anyway. <laughs> as am I. That's right. Start the hashtag Jabish needs a wagon. Sounds good. Now, something else to talk about is that uh, your episode of Chip Lunch, Amy, came dropped. It dropped yesterday. How was how was uh, how was your experience on the Chip Lunch podcast? Because Quinn has been on it as well. Yeah, yeah. Quite a few people have been on the Chip Lunch podcast. Actually, quite a variety of people. Yes, I um, believe you are episode sixteen or seventeen. Okay. Mm. Yeah, uh, I had a really good experience on the podcast. It was great getting to chat with you and Brayden. Get to relive some high school memories. And uh, yeah, chat about fascinating Christian experiences growing up. Um, I've I've listened to most of the other episodes as well. Um, I think I might be one or two episodes behind, but yeah, it's been really cool listening to other people share about their times growing up, whether they were a Christian or not yet a Christian or becoming a Christian mm. in that season of life. It's been really cool to hear mm. people chat about that. And Quinn, have you done the right thing and listened to them all like Amy or have only just listened to yours? <laughs> um, no, I've listened to about four, I think. That's all right. Yeah, I'm a bit it's behind. To- it's but totally fine. Yeah. Hopefully anyway. now the kids are back at school, I'll have some more time to Oh, yeah. You know what, like podcasts while you're doing housework, for example, yeah. just makes it so much better. Yeah. Like I en- actually partly enjoy doing housework. Because I can listen to a podcast. Yeah. Yep. So true. Yeah, it's very true. Even when I'm mowing, just, you know, headphones in, let's go. 
You must have the volume up very loud. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have, to turn, you, have to, you have to crank the volume. But anyway, <laughs> uh, something that we're also cranking up the volume on is we're coming back to physical gatherings very soon. Woo! Very exciting. And um, yeah, even people behind the camera are excited, which is great. <laughs> um, so the important thing to say about that is, though, there are obviously a few, few certain measures, measures that we have to take into account. All of those are in the newsletter, guys. So if you want to check out the newsletter this week, if you haven't already, comes out on Fridays, make sure you check it out because that's kind of like the, the news gazette of Soul Revival. Mm. So you can always check out what's going on in the main stuff there. But having said that, we are going to move on with the service and Hayden is going to do the prayers for us. Hi, everyone. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we take some time to talk to you now, we pray that you will help us to put aside the thoughts that distract us and to focus our eyes fully on you. We thank you that when we pray, you hear us. And so, Lord, we confidently bring our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers to you now. Borrowing words from the Psalms, we know that you have looked deep into our heart, Lord, and you know all about us. You know when we are resting or when we are working. And from heaven you discover our thoughts. You notice everything we do and everywhere we go. And with your powerful arm, you protect us from every side. Lord, we can be totally assured of your love for us, that you are our good father and that we can fully trust our lives in your hands. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be aware when we walk our own way. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and guide us in your ways. Father, we thank you for the times of perseverance that we've all endured um, and that we've all faced lately through this time of lockdown. And we thank you for your faithfulness and your provision throughout this whole time. But we are also so thankful, Father, for the returning uh, freedoms, for the opportunity to get back into the more natural rhythms of our lives. Please help us, though, to remember the things that we've learned about ourselves and about you during this time. And please use those things to continue to grow and mature us so that we can become more and more like Jesus. Lord, we lift up those who we know and we love who are experiencing hard times and sickness at the moment. Please be their comfort and their strength. Please bring wholeness and health to their lives and help us to see ways that we can show love and care to them as well. Father, we also thank you for all of the people who came to the Shock Absorber Conference this weekend. We pray, Father, that you'll spur these people on to serve you and to put into practice the things you've placed on their hearts. We thank you for those in our church who put so much time and effort into putting the conference together and leading the sessions. And we thank you too for those who were in front of the camera and for those who were serving behind the scenes. Lord, we thank you that they faithfully serve you and us each week. Father, we pray that you would strengthen the relationships in our lives too. We think of relationships that we have within our marriages, with our kids, with our parents, uh, with our friends, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with our workmates and all the other people who we engage with from day to day. Lord, we really ask that you'll help us to love one another in the way that you call us to, to love one, one another sacrificially, not holding on to our rights, um, but rather putting the needs of the other people um, above our own this kind of love doesn't come naturally to us often and so Father we pray that you'll help us to see when we're being stubborn or selfish and that that's getting in the way of us being able to love the way that you call us to love. 
because Father, we want to be a people who represent you in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our church and in our community. Lord, please help us to be open to you so that you can teach us and use us to do immeasurably more than we can even imagine. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers and we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it is great to be here with my friend Jude. Hey, Jude. Who else are we here with? Uh, we Vegemite Toast for breakfast. You had Vegemite Toast for breakfast? Yeah. That was the answer to my second question. So hold on to that one for me. We're also here with Lionel. Hey, Lionel. Hello. Hi, Jude. Hi. Hi. Um, we are, but we are talking about food, aren't we, today? And so you've been telling us about Vegemite Toast. What are some of the other things you like to eat? For dinner. Oh, I love pizza for dinner. Yum! What's your favourite pizza? Uh, Vegemite one. Vegemite, Vegemite pizza. pizza. That's good. Hey, a little while ago, uh, there was Vegemite chocolate. I really liked that. I think I may have been the only person in Australia, but I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, hey. Tim, you are the only person. <laughs> I even like dinosaur You like dinosaur pizza? Yep. A little bit of stegosaurus. Some freshly grilled brontosaurus. Dinosaurs on a pizza! (laughs) 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 Bit of of shaved pterodactyl. And my milk skin, my like this. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd be a bit like that too. What do you like eating, Lionel? Everything except the Vegemite chocolate. Not the Vegemite chocolate, okay. fair Fair enough. Yep. Hey, the reason we're talking about food today is because we're looking at a part of the Bible where the Apostle Paul. Oh, there's the, there's the other. Yeah, we've got Messi is um, producing at the moment. So he's behind the camera. It's all right. Hey, uh, but Paul talks to us about a meal and it's a meal we have at church. Lunch. No, uh, no not lunch. Dinner. Uh, we have dinner a lot, um, particularly if you go to our Saturday uh, afternoon or our Sunday Cronulla service. We do have dinner a lot, don't we? Elevensies. Uh, yes, I think some of our uh, morning gatherings might do some elevensies. Second I, breakfast. Yep. I definitely do second breakfast on Sunday mornings. Yes. Yeah. But there is another special type of meal that we have together as a church. It's a very small meal. Dessert. Uh, no, not dessert. Oh. It's, it's just a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice. Have you ever had that at church? A little bit of bread uh, and a little bit of juice? My highlight. Mm, uh, next week. Maybe next week? I'm not sure. I don't think we'll do it next week, but we are looking forward to doing it when we come back together. Um, but Paul talks about this special meal called the Lord's Supper because it reminds us of a meal that Jesus had with his mm. friends, the last meal that Jesus ate before he went to die it. on the cross and rise again. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So clever! That is what Vegemite Toast will give you. Yeah. The energy to do really awesome stuff like that. Yeah. And have big muscles like you do, Jude! <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favourite coastline? Or? 
Oh, what's your favourite clothes, Lionel? Um, Soul Revival clothes. Oh, nice segue. Yeah, um, that's excellent. What's your favourite coast, Lionel? Toast. What's your favourite toast. toast? I love Vegemite and cheese on toast. Yum. Um, I like lichen coast. <laughs> it's my favourite. Is it? Yummy. That's very cool. Well, when we gather together as a church and we have our little bit of bread, and is a little toast? bit of wine. Is, uh, I, don't, I mean, it could be, but it's often not. But oh. it could just be any sort of little bread um, it, because it reminds us of what Jesus did. The little bit of bread reminds us that he, with his body, died on the cross. Uh, and the little bit of juice reminds us that when he died on the cross, he bled for us. Um, but eating it together is remembering that he died, but also, more excitedly, that he rose Again, when we have our little bit of bread and our little bit of juice, we remember that Jesus died and rose again to be our friend and our king. And the great thing about it is doing it all together. Do you like eating with friends? Um, I like eating not friends. With not friends. Do you like eating by yourself? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I, I have those um, understandings too. Milk ice cream can make them crazy. Okay, yeah. Ice cream does make you a bit crazy. Lonnie, you've got a really big family. Do you guys all eat together? Yep. Yep. All the time. All the time. Uh, Yep. It's chaos. uh, It is a big chaos. Harry, I like hanging out in the family. Yeah, you eat together as a family? Uh, Yeah, even Harry. Even Harry, your dog. Yeah. yeah, good segue, because um, speaking of dogs, we've got a new one right here too. So this is Murray. Um, Hi, Murray! He's a little bit camera shy. It's his first time. No, it's actually his second time uh, on camera. We had a podcast this oh, morning. Yeah, let's do the clapping like this. Let's do the clapping like that. Hey, we're going to clap like that as we head to uh, the next part of our digital gathering together. You ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. This week's reading is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 17 to 34. So that's 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 17 to 34. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, for as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anybody else. One remains hungry, another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after, church, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judge ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined, so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. Hello everybody, Uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm now joined by Ian, who is going to be preaching for us this today uh, which is which is really exciting thank you very much uh for joining us ian happy to be here it is very cool um ian is you are where do you go to church ian yeah so i go to the west right gathering um but obviously right now we are online on zoom mm-hmm. so yeah so old church at west ride which is really exciting uh it's very cool to have you guys joining us um have you joining us tonight um as you guys have been joining us very regularly for the last how long have how long has have you guys been with us now? Um, almost two years now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. That's super exciting. Um, I I was, um, I'm privy to a few conversations you guys are having with um, Stu and stuff about um, getting places and things, which is all very exciting and lots of thinking about that. But where are you guys meeting at the moment? Uh, well, right now it's still on Zoom Ooh, for yes, the next sorry. two weeks. <laughs> In fact, this might be... When, when you hear it, it'll be the last week we're actually on Zoom. Wow, okay, The week cool. after, we'll be meeting at Grace and Michelle's place in West Ride. Lovely. That's really, really cool. So how, how many of you guys are there? Uh, on average, we get about 15 to 17 right now. Sick. That's amazing. Uh, did I hear the other day that you guys have grown during COVID? Yeah, I think because it's on Zoom, it's a bit easier for people to join. Yeah. And okay. so a few people have joined us and hopefully you guys are watching right now. Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I guess we, we'll see when we get back together in person whether numbers will stay yeah that's that's really exciting um that's really cool uh, i thought we uh i'm only here to to um to ask you a few questions before you kick off just so um some of us can get to know you a little bit better um so you've been hanging out with the crew out at west ride mm-hmm. um we've been online um i asked you if there was a potential that we could get an abridged version of how you became a christian is that is that possible or um, a bridge is always very hard for me. I'm, I'm, I can be quite verbose. Uh, uh, I, I like to tell the story that starts with my grandma's generation. Mm. Um, so my parents are Christian. My grandma is a Christian as well, uh, was a Christian before she passed. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that's a good thing about the gospel is that when you become a Christian, you don't just, the, the blessing of the gospel doesn't just apply to you, I guess. Mm. You're saved from your sins and, and you have eternal life, but then it generally applies through your generations. And so th- there is a longer version. I don't want to go maybe too deeply into it <laughs> involving okay. like World War II and like running wow. around China and things like that. So 
Yeah. Do ask me if you want a longer version, but the short version is that my parents are Christian. As a result, I was brought up in a Christian family and that's a huge blessing. I'm definitely keen. I would love to hear that story at, at a different point. Um, I was actually chatting to Ian before about potentially getting him on the Two Blunch podcast. So I think we can, which is, which a lot of that podcast is, shameless plug here. Um, <laughs> a lot of that podcast is telling people stories about how they became Christian. I think that would be a really fun one if we could peer pressure you into it. Um, <laughs> You can try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a go. Um, but yeah, that'd be really exciting. But I think, um, I thought I was going to ask you another question about just one more little tidbit so oh. people can people can get to know you that little bit better. Um, what kind of music do you listen to, Ian? Uh, so the music I like the most uh, is musicals, like Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So do you have a, do you have a top two? Uh, I guess my first love was Les Mis, um, and I guess recently the, the, the Big Rage is Hamilton, which mm. I do like as well. Fair enough. Very cool. Well, uh, f- fantastic getting to know you that little bit better um, for everyone online. Um, I'd, I'm very keen to hear uh, your sermon and what you're going to uh, preach from God's Word today. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quiet now <laughs> and let you take it away. Sure. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks so much. Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, let me just wake my laptop. <laughs> uh, in fact, before we begin, let me pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us to sit under your word today. Uh, I pray that as I speak, I will speak clearly and faithfully so that your church may be built up. Amen. Cool. So we just finished our series on 1 John last week, and we are going to be starting a new series uh, on the book of Judges next week. Uh, So this week is actually a gap week uh, where we often do short one-off topics. And today, the topic that we're going to be talking about is the Lord's Supper, which is also known as communion. And I wonder, what's your experience of it? Maybe you're new to church and you've never experienced it, and it just seems like a strange ceremony that Christians do. Or maybe like me, you've sat through it many, many times, uh, but have never thought too deeply about it. Well, let me share with you my first experience of the Lord's Supper. I was 13 years old. Uh, My family had just migrated from Hong Kong to Sydney, and I tagged along with my family to our new church. And for the first time, I sit through a service instead of going straight to Sunday school. But after the sermon, the ushers start passing around these trays with little cubes of bread on them. And not knowing any better, I take one as they get passed around. Now sitting next to me is a girl who was around my age. And when she sees me take that piece of bread, she's horrified. And she says, that's holy bread. Kids aren't meant to take it. Uh, Meanwhile, the pastor is reading out this very same passage in 1 Corinthians. And I heard something about whoever eats this bread in an unworthy manner will be eating judgment on themselves. And so now I'm horrified as well. Uh, But what do I do? I had already picked up the piece of bread. And so I kind of squish it between my fingers a little bit and roll it around. And then when I thought nobody was looking, I just flicked it away. Um, And that was my first experience of the Lord's Supper. Now, since then, I've heard this passage read many, many times for communion. Uh, But it wasn't until recently that I actually read the context of what Paul is saying here And I finally understood what he really meant by eating and drinking in an unworthy manner. And I'm keen to share this with all of you, because I think there are important truths here, not just about the Lord's Supper, but about our church as well. So I encourage you all to keep your Bibles open at 1 Corinthians 11 as we explore the text together. Now, without going into too much detail, um, 1 Corinthians is a letter that the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth. Uh, and we find that it is quite a dif- dysfunctional church. In chapter one, he mentions that there are divisions in the church. 
Uh, Paul then calls them worldly and infants in Christ in chapter three. And there's a guy sleeping with his dad's wife in chapter five. Uh, and in chapter six, there's lawsuits where they're suing each other in the church. Uh, so it's no surprise when we get to chapter 11, uh, where Paul is talking about how they do church, that it's also a mess. Um, and so it was necessary for Paul to explain that the Lord's Supper, as he received it from the Lord Jesus, uh, because the Corinthians were doing it all wrong. Uh, as we look at the passage, let's start by asking, what is the purpose of the Lord's Supper? Why do we do it? And I think we can find three reasons in this passage. The first reason is this. We do it to remember Jesus and what he has done for us. Let's read from verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So the first reason is simple. The bread and the cup helps us look back in remembrance of Jesus and his sacrifice. The bread represents his body. We take the bread, break it, and it helps us remember how Jesus' body was given for us. The cup represents his blood. We drink the cup and remember how Jesus' blood was poured out for us. He died for us so that we can be reconciled to God. But why can't we do this without the bread and the cup? Don't we already have sermons, Bible studies, devotions, and so on that help us remember what Jesus has done for us? Yes, of course, these are all good things. But I think Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper because it's such a powerful, tangible image. Think about it. Eating and drinking is so fundamental to the human experience. You can't live without eating and drinking. If you don't eat, you die. If you don't drink, you die. And the same is true of Jesus. In our passage last week, John put it really starkly in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. But sometimes the idea of having our sins forgiven, of having eternal life and reconciliation with God can seem so abstract. And I think this is where the Lord's Supper provides a concrete reminder of our utter dependence on Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the bread of life. Those who come to him will never hunger or thirst. What better way to remind ourselves of this than to physically eat and drink in remembrance of him? And I think this helps us answer a common question about the Lord's Supper. Who should take it? And definitely, it is reserved for Christians, since it is a sign of our dependence on Jesus. But I've often heard even Christians say things like, Oh, I don't think I'm a good enough Christian to take the Lord's Supper. Or, I've been struggling with sin lately. I think I'll pass for today. And I want to encourage all of you, if you ever feel this way, to take the Lord's Supper, as it is precisely for sinners that Jesus came. It's not a sign of our righteousness, but of our desperate need for him. In other words, the Lord's Supper is meant for sinners. So at the Lord's Supper, we look back and remember Jesus and his sacrifice for us. That's the first reason for it. Now the second reason. Paul continues in verse 26. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So not only do we look back and remember Jesus, we also look forward to his return in hope 
And while we wait, at the Lord's Supper, we proclaim his death. We proclaim the gospel to each other. A friend once asked me or said to me, uh, Jesus himself never believed that his death would pay for sins. It was something that the Apostle Paul invented after Jesus died. You wouldn't find that idea if you only looked at the Gospels. And to be honest, I was stumped for way longer than I should have been by this. Where in the Gospel accounts does Jesus ever claim that he would die for our sins? I guess I could have gone to Mark 10, 45, where Jesus clearly states that he would give his life as a ransom for many. But my Bible knowledge, my Bible knowledge wasn't quite up to scratch at that time. So instead, I pointed him to the Lord's Supper, where Jesus explains, this is my body given for you, and this is my blood poured out for you. And because I had heard and experienced this a hundred times at communion, and each time it is a proclamation of the central truth of the gospel, that I was also able to explain this to my friend as well. So first, at the Lord's Supper, we look back, remember Jesus and what he has done for us. And secondly, we also proclaim this gospel to each other, and pointing our faith to the day that he will return for us. Now this idea of proclamation also says something about how the Lord's Supper ought to be celebrated. It's not meant to be a private affair that you do alone. Now I won't go into the spicy question of whether we can rightly celebrate it online, um, each in our individual homes, but I think we should recognize that something of it is lost when we're not coming together, a phrase that is repeated five times in this passage. And this idea of coming together, I think, leads us to our final reason for the Lord's Supper, which I think is the key one in this passage. And it's found in Paul's explanation for the unworthy manner with which they were eating the Lord's Supper. So what exactly does it mean to eat and drink the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? To understand this, I think we need to understand the situation of the church at Corinth. Now, like most churches, it's made up of different social classes. There's rich people, poor people, and maybe even slaves who literally have nothing. And what's happening, what's happening with the celebration of the Lord's Supper is that those who are poor, who presumably have to work late, uh, tend to make it to church a lot later than the rich people. And by the time they arrive for the Lord's Supper, the rich people have gone and eaten everything and even gotten drunk on the wine. And Paul has some harsh words for them in verse 17, which I'll read. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt, there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, for when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. Whew. Imagine being told by the Apostle Paul that your meetings do more harm than good. Compared to the guy sleeping with his stepmom in chapter 5 and them suing each other in chapter 6, not waiting for each other to eat, the Lord's Supper might seem like a small thing in comparison. But it's not. Paul says in verse 30 that as a result of God's judgment on them for this, some of them have gotten sick or even died. That's pretty bad. But what's the alternative? In verse 33, he says, So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. 
The solution is so simple. Just wait for each other and eat together. And why is this such a big deal? Let me read from verse 27. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. So, why were they judged for eating the Lord's Supper without waiting for others? It's because they ate without discerning the body of Christ. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to discern the body of Christ? It's an interesting phrase, and to fully appreciate it, I think we need to turn back to chapter 10, in verse 16, where Paul is once again talking about the Lord's Supper. And he says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we, who are many, are one body, for we all share the one loaf. I don't know if you noticed it, but there is a fascinating double meaning to the body of Christ here. Remember how we said that the bread represents the body of Christ given for us? Well, the Bible often describes the church as the body of Christ, because at church, we are all joined to Jesus, and through him, we're all joined to each other. And this amazing truth is demonstrated as well at the Lord's Supper. The bread that we eat is eaten together because it demonstrates our participation in the body of Christ together. Christ's body is broken for us, just as the bread is broken, and we are all united in the body of Christ, just as we all eat the one loaf together. The bread symbolizes both the literal body of Christ as well as the church as the body of Christ. The word participation here is often translated as communion or fellowship, which is why we sometimes call the Lord's Supper the Holy Communion. By sharing in the one loaf, we act out our common union that we have in Christ. It's a word that we've seen in 1 John, when John speaks about the fellowship that we can have, through God, through, sorry, have with God through Christ. Uh, having our sins purified by his blood, we also have fellowship with one another. And Paul's idea here is the same. Participation in Jesus means participating in each other. Can you see how the simple act of just not waiting for each other to eat would be eating the Lord's Supper without discerning the body of Christ and therefore eating it in an unworthy manner? I still remember one of the first uh, times that we celebrated the Lord's Supper at West Ride um, together. It was a completely unplanned thing, but Dave, one of our members, uh, just so happens to have baked a loaf of homemade bread for us to share. And so when we were uh, breaking the bread, which was still warm and very nice, we were literally participating in the one loaf together. Isn't it such a great image of what we are spiritually in Christ? So may I encourage you to consider these three things next time you take the Lord's Supper. To remember Jesus, what he has done, to proclaim the gospel through it to each other, and to discern the body of Christ, to consider the church that is taking it together with you in unity. And while Paul is specifically talking about the example of the Lord's Supper here, I think what it demonstrates is that the way that we do church can either proclaim Jesus or be unworthy of him. We are the body of Christ. So when you come together, discern the body of Christ. In the case of the Corinthians, the rich people who could afford to arrive early had to be considerate of the poor people who could only come late. But it's not just rich and poor who are united in the body of Christ. Paul says in Galatians 3.28 that 
There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We come from different cultures, different genders, different ages. We might even have different opinions on the COVID vaccines. But all of these are secondary because we are all one in Christ. Does the way that we do church show this? When you joined us today, how mindful were you of others being in the body together with you, especially those who might be in a different situation to you? And I think it's great that uh, meals are such a big part of life at Soli's. Um, although we're not celebrating the Lord's Supper every time we have a meal together, it really gives us ample opportunity to participate in each other's lives through the conversations that we have and through the quality time that we spend with each other, which by the way is my love language. Um, so if you're a Christian, uh, may I encourage you, why not use the Lord's Supper whenever it is celebrated to be a reminder for you uh, to discern the body of Christ, to not just come to church as a consumer, but as a participant in the body, to love one another intentionally and to be considerate of each other. And I'm sure this has been a challenge for all of us during lockdown. And we're thankful that this season is almost over. But I think that coming out of lockdown can be its own challenge. And I know that I got very comfortable with just staying at home all day, uh, minding my own concerns. So I hope this message uh, has been a timely reminder for us to step up again and to come together as a church. And if you're not yet a Christian, uh, but are coming along just to see what church is all about, then I would like to say welcome. Um, and I would also would like to encourage you to ponder the meaning of the Lord's Supper, something that all Christian churches everywhere celebrate and practice regularly. It's a symbol of our desperate, uh, desperate need and dependence on Jesus, as well as our participation that we all share in his life. And I hope you too will one day participate in this life together with us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, that we can have life through him. We thank you for the Lord's Supper that you instituted to remind us of the good news of the gospel and the unity that we have in the body of Christ. Thank you that in Jesus we can be joined to him, but also to each other in the church. Help us grasp this amazing truth when we meet together, both in our hearts and also in the way that we treat each other at church. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ian. That was massively encouraging. Um, I, I learned heaps uh, from that. That was really cool. I think um, something I had a moment to, to th that I was thinking about throughout that was, yeah, it is, it's really interesting and difficult to, uh, to feel like what we're doing right now is, is being together in the body of Christ, mm. uh, especially when we're so separate. Some of us might be uh, gathering together in our homes as family units or, or, or otherwise, and there might be people watching this solo and that's so, like, mm. either way, it's hard to, to think that what you're doing is joining in the body of Christ and um, participating in that way. And I think that, um, yeah, even with the, uh, how excellent online is, like it, it's, it's awesome that we can do it, but even with that, it's hard to, um, to catch that. So when we get back together, I'm really excited for that. Um, so we can, yeah, really um, continue to, live that out um but yeah trying to live that out now is a really fantastic challenge so yeah. i was really challenged by that thank you very much yeah okay. i'm really thankful that we have technology right now so that we mm. can gather in at least this way but i think there is in all christians a longing to to get back to meeting together face 100%. to face yeah well thank you very much ian uh what we are going to do now uh is we're going to have a song um so i'm going to throw to that now
back everyone uh i've got to say that i am super encouraged to see him preaching for us i'm um, from our west Coride community and i'm stoked that he can be part of it and um and also everyone at west ride we we just love you guys you're awesome um uh you guys did a presentation on the planning day and it was so encouraging that you've actually grown during lockdown which is amazing so thank you so much for your efforts and we love the way that you're implementing the shock absorber at west Ride. now quinn and um, amy are here on the panel with me um Ian was talking about communion, mm. and he, uh, I, I think the thing that I was really uh, found helpful with what um, Ian was saying was that it was hard to, um, sometimes when I was younger, it was hard to understand what communion was about. Was that something that you experienced as well, Quinn, when you first went to church? Um, no, I, like, I've always in, enjoyed um, being part of the community mm. and having communion. You um, did grow up at church too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did yeah. grow up in, in church, mm. um, and I've always really enjoyed um, in our community here, how um, the leader of communion often um, will uh, invite the kids to take communion mm. as well. I think that's really um, important. Um, Unlike, um, hopefully, they don't experience the same thing as Ian did yeah, when he had yeah. to ball it up and throw yeah, it away because exactly, he was worried. Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah, no, I've always enjoyed taking communion. I've um, always managed to avoid the communal cup, and I'm <laughs> very <laughs> thankful that we don't do that here. Yeah. Not something I was super keen on either. No. Yeah, what about you, Amy? <laughs> Did you take part in the cup? Uh, the I've communal I, cup. I've accidentally got stuck in the wrong line at the <laughs> church before, which ended up with me drinking from the communal cup because I felt too awkward to switch lines halfway through. But I love um, your honesty there. When I was little, though, at my church, it wasn't the practice that kids would take communion, but kids could still go up the front and like get a sticker. And my sister and I used to always want one of the really pretty cushions to kneel on up the front of church because oh. they're like different cushions we used to like get into fist fights up the front of church over which cushion <laughs> fist fights while you're yeah, punching so each other yeah wow so like we really didn't get what communion was all about. <laughs> <laughs> what about now though do you how did you, what did you what would you get out of um ian's sermon that was really encouraging to you uh one point that really stood out to me was what ian was saying about how taking communion together actually expresses the fact that we are united in christ so it's 
it's not something that we do just simply like at home by ourselves in our own time, but it's something that we, we do together it, yeah. because it is like an expression of our togetherness. Yeah. I thought that was a really, um, a really helpful point that Ian made. And it's one of the beautiful things about coming out of lockdown soon is that we can actually yeah. do that in person together. I think that will be a, a wonderful thing about coming back in person. Mm. You didn't consider baking a fresh loaf of bread for your family <laughs> to take part in communion at home? No. Okay. Have you ever baked bread before? Uh, you have a bread maker. Oh, we got a bread maker when we got married, but then I uh, got rid of it after we moved. But um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever made bread. No. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, I thought it was like really cool that um, Ian was talking about uh, the first thing is to remember what Jesus has done for us, mm. and then the second thing was to proclaim the gospel through it to everyone, and then we're expressing that unity that you're talking about. So um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I did like the. I came up with a good way of summarizing it when um, from what Ian was saying, and uh, it's cool. And I think this might be a good way to finish today, mm. tonight, all day, soul revival, uh, eating. <laughs> is fundamental to to being human. So we eat and drink to remember the fundament, fundamental truth of Jesus dying on the cross. Mm. I think that's a good way to finish. But we do have to finish with one more thing. One way. <laughs>